1: Hello, lovely people. Welcome to another episode of the Daple Podcast, where we dig into the ins and outs of modern dating and how we can navigate through all of this together. We're in this together together. Damn it.
0: Yes. And how relationships change. That is the core of what we're talking about today. How our standards, how our desires, how everything of what we seek in a romantic partner and what a romantic partnership means to us. Maybe that's not evident by the title of this episode, but that is the core of what we're talking about. And uh, we're really excited about this episode because there was this article that was circulating. It was in August. August 9th, mm. to be exact. I had a look back on our Facebook group, too, because I remember this got posted there first. I always love our Facebook group to be the source of the new stuff. Breaking but news. But then I saw it everywhere. I don't know about you, UA. I saw so many, like, influencers, podcast hosts, just circulation of this article, What's Behind the Rise of Lonely Single Men. And we felt that we needed to get the author on this podcast so we could dive into it much more than this article.
1: He received a lot of backlash for this article, yeah. and it's really for the title. I think uh, people were saying, well, he's calling for lonely men to step up. How can he be so insensitive? I mean, there was just a lot of controversy around this article. So we thought we'd just bring him on the show instead of reading the controversy. Let's let's see why he wrote the article.
0: You know, I did see, a, I did see some influencers, podcast hosts, men specifically get defensive, but I actually was really proud of how people in our Facebook group took it Mm. and men themselves commented. I think it just speaks to the type of men that are in our community. And I sometimes actually forget the wider circle of men out there because I feel like we're blessed that we attract people that are doing this work, are emotionally intelligent. And, you know, I think that ultimately is the call out in this. It's Dr. Greg Mottos, who we're talking to today, and he talks about how men need to address their deficits to meet healthier relationship expectations. And he basically talks about, we're going to get into all of this in much more detail, but like dating opportunities, these are kind of his key points, dating opportunities for heterosexual men are diminishing as relationship standards rise men represent 62 percent of dating app users lowering their chances of matches and then men need to address skill deficits to meet healthier relationship expectations
1: Mm. it's a lot to take in I mean, that's that's the thing, right? I think this is why this article got so much backlash is like, who are you putting the responsibility on? Who Who is responsible for the, the rise of lonely single men? And we will discuss this. But you know, personally, for me, seeing and speaking to some of my single guy friends, a lot of them have really given up on love. They've given up on dating. They kind of feel like, you know what? If Sad. it happens for me, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And it's just so... T- depressing to hear because I know they're great men and they have so much love to give, but something about the state we're in right now is not building people up for success. So we need to dig into like the root cause. What is a societal cause before we let this go down a really bad rabbit hole?
0: I think that's fundamentally what's happening across the board. And like we've talked Mm. about this before that we are in a love crisis. We need to save modern dating. And yeah, I think it's men feeling this way, but I think it's women. I think it's people that identify as trans or non-binary. I feel like it's across the board it's just society as a whole i think with hetero relationships maybe it's showing up more and Mm -hmm. correct me if i'm wrong if other people have different opinions love to do an episode on that in the future but for this conversation it's definitely geared more to hetero relationships and i see it in our community i see it with the people we talk to everyone is being down on love this day and age and in in some way, it's really beautiful, because it comes from a place of wanting more, like we Mm -hmm. know we can have it. And, you know, there was a quote, actually, that was in our Facebook group that was just like, it and it was I'm gonna paraphrase it, but it was kind of like, we're our grandparents relationships, like the model that we're actually striving for, especially for women. A lot of times you were you're Your worth was like, what can you do in the kitchen? Or maybe your husband was cheating on you and you never stated your needs. And I'm really happy that we're moving out of that, that like This isn't what a relationship means anymore. We don't need a relationship for survival. But what comes with that is that we have these expectations, and we talk about this in the episode, that the differences of women and men, the way we're socialized, the way society portrays success, the way just everything about our upbringing is different and we want more equality, which is great. But we're in this growing pain right now of how do we get to that stage? And where we are, in my opinion, is women wanting more and men not knowing how to get there. So it's just leaving both people discouraged, confused, and almost this sense of feeling like, let me just give up.
1: It's because we look at dating in such a men versus women type of way That we forget that this is, we're all connected. If the men are hurting, women are hurting too. We can't be like, oh, well, we're surpassing (laughs) you, so fuck you, buddy. We have to think about this more like we are connected to each other. And one of the reasons why we call ourselves dating sociologists is because it's fascinating just observing the societal shifts in dating. It's not just like the day to day of what you are all experiencing. Yeah. So looking at the big picture of what's happening in society. And when we started this podcast seven years ago, we used to get emails on the daily of people telling us their funny dating stories. That was a thing seven years ago. Oh my God, can you believe what happened to me on this date? Can you believe what this person said? Can you believe this? Guess what? We're not really getting those anymore because telling funny dating stories doesn't really move the needle for people anymore. They're not entertaining anymore. Like there's nothing that shocking out there anymore. But the emails we do get and the interaction we do get are people asking the question, how do I find love and why does it even matter? Mm-hmm. Why does it even matter for me? So we hope to answer these questions, not just in this episode, but on our podcast. Let's yeah. really get to the why of why we're doing this. Why are we dating? Why are we trying to find love? We need to
0: find that why. And I feel like if you're listening to this episode, you're already ahead of the game. With her. Yeah. Especially if you're a, a hetero man is kind of the you know target of at least this article. And you know, I think women... There might be frustration here, but in general, just listening to this episode means that we're on the right path of how Mm -hmm. do we come to a resolution. I want to read like a few comments we got in our Facebook group because it's always fun to do this. And I am just constantly impressed by the the caliber of people. And I really fundamentally believe if you can be at that standard, you attract other people at that standard. And this is in
1: response to the article. In
0: response to the article. So we had from Eric. I'm glad to see women demanding more from men. I only wonder how many men will actually up their game in response. Mm -hmm. That is what we're trying to say here is it's we want more. We want fulfilling partnerships. We believe that men also want these fulfilling partnerships. Like, how Mm -hmm. do we actually work together to do this? You know, Janice, our moderator, replied back saying that she's raising her child to have these emotionally challenging conversation. Her son, she said, it's work for him and for me, but damn it, some Gen Z woman will benefit from our effort.
1: Yes, that is true. So then we also had a
0: comment from David. He said, laugh out loud, and he quoted the article, dating opportunities for heterosexual men are diminishing as healthy relationship standards increase, reflects very poorly on the way our society raises straight men, and totally rings true. I'm glad, Steve. Standards are increasing, and I hope men seek out resources to learn to do better. Good. Great. And then the last one I'll read. I mean, there's so many good ones, and I really do applaud like the men in our community for not getting defensive on this. I think mm-hmm. I'm still glad it reached the men that did get defensive, because I think eventually it'll seep in. But the fact that like people aren't responding in a defensive way, it means that, that evolution's already happening. For
1: yeah, you. so much growth in that.
0: Yeah. So then Brian wrote, as has already been stated, men need to bring more to the table. More and more today's part relationships should be part partnerships where both parties are equals in general men fall behind an area such as emotional intelligence there's so many resources out there that men can learn from but many men don't want to put in the work to be better mm. and then just the very last one i'll read from a woman's perspective and i mean there's so many but from ellen it's true in this era where a woman can earn her own money she doesn't need a man she must be presented with a reason to want one And I think that is the mentality, and Janice also commented on this, that it's not need in a bad way. Like, we don't need children, we don't need a dog, we don't need whatever. It's ultimately you... Want to find something you want. And what women are desiring is that equal, is that person that's going to step up and treat them as a person. I think in some of the past eras, it was very one sided, it was very unequal. Like you were almost like the one doing all the household labor. Like there was just so much that was wrong that we're trying to correct in today's world. So I think net, net, this really is a good thing that people are trying to rise higher.
1: Well, I would say I think that there are a lot of men working hard. We just don't see it. And, you know, something we should really commend the men who are working hard is thank you for doing the work and also just keep us in the loop, keep us updated. You know, I know so many men who are like, I'm not going to date or put myself out there until I finish working on myself, until Mm -hmm. I finish my therapy sessions. But what we're asking is we want to be with you alongside you for the ride, yeah. for the journey. We want to see your growth. Don't come to us with a perfect package because nobody is, but let's grow together.
0: And women need to step up too. I'm going to relate this fact to my favorite show. Yes, we do. Fuckboy Island. Fuckboy Island is nice guys and self-proclaimed fuckboys. And how mm-hmm. many women on that show dismiss the nice guys saying that they're not interesting enough? They blend in. They're not aggressive enough or pursuant enough and they go for fuckboys time and time again. So if we're the ones saying we want to do better, we also need to reflect that in our choices and that might change Mm. the qualities we're looking for. That show is like prime social experiment of what we say and what we do as being different. And things that we think are desirable traits of a partner that's ingrained in society that really do actually impact who we end up choosing. We have so many women even in real life outside of Fuckboy Island that we talk to (laughs) that are with these guys that are like just not treating them well. And it's there's so many of these guys out there that are and it's like, it's up to us to also find the people that are doing this work and are stepping up.
1: Yeah, it's positive reinforcement. And we can't keep reinforcing the fuck boy attitude. It's in our choices, but it's also in the way we speak about men too you know mm-hmm. i spoke to with a a girlfriend of mine and she's dating and she's saying this guy who's super consistent and respectful and communicative and she's yearning for that game playing. She's like, he's boring because there's no cat and mouse. But then when someone does the game playing, she says, then I say I'm too old for this shit. So I'm like, watch (laughs) the way you're speaking about people and how, which bucket you're putting them into because she's calling this guy boring because he's actually doing all
0: the right (laughs) things. That is on you girl. He's emotionally available is what it sounds like. Yeah, It sounds like this guy is a prime partner. Someone who is ready to be in that equal partnership.
1: And if you're not ready for that, like hand him over to someone yeah,
0: else who someone, is. You know? Someone's <laughs> listening right now is like, sign me up. I'm in the LA area. I'm ready. <laughs>
1: yeah. If you are still in the game playing, go go for that, right? Leave the nice guys who've grown, leave them out of this OK, like give them to people who are ready for them. But it's just like we also need to just watch the way we speak about men.
0: Yeah. And not to toot our own horn, but <laughs> uh, I do tooting. Think- but i am but i think like podcasting in general not just us in general i believe that is a path forward because it's made this type mm. of work more accessible you don't have to go to a therapist I'm not saying you shouldn't go to a therapist too absolutely but some of that's out of reach for people financially it mm-hmm. is more of a push to like get there even buying a self help book for instance feels like it could be more of a yeah. process and i think more and more men are doing this too but we know historically women are more of the target audience there as well. But podcasting has allowed for open conversation in with a really low barrier, essentially. Yes, yes. Proud of us. That being said, we will get into the podcast that we are going to go deep into this. This is such a great conversation. and We're so glad we were able to unpack it with Dr. Greg Matos. Before we get into it, at Dateable Podcast is us on Instagram. Come over there. You get to see all of our videos. You get to see our guests. People always say, I wish I knew what these guests look like. Well, there's a really easy way to find out. So follow us on Instagram, TikTok. (laughs) We're building up our TikTok. And then Love in the Time of Corona is our is our Facebook group. You can join us there as well. Before we get into it, let's hear a message from our sponsor.
1: Now a word from our sponsor BetterHelp Do you ever feel like you're dwelling on something? I remember I used to dwell about dates that went nowhere and wondering what happened, but now looking back on it, I wish I could have focused more on solutions to help me move forward. It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode, but when you learn how to find your own solutions, there's no better feeling. A therapist can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or small. My BetterHelp therapist helps guide me through frameworks of problem-solving, which I love because I would much rather someone lead me to the answers than just tell me what to do. It has been so healing to speak with someone who genuinely cares about my well-being, and I feel like I'm in good hands with a professional. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out a brief survey and you'll be matched with a therapist. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash d a t e a b l e.
0: Okay, let's hear it from Doctor Greg Matos. Okay,
1: Greg, you've created quite a splash in our Facebook group. So we felt like we really needed to reach out to you and talk to you about this article that's been circulating so much, not just amongst daters. I've actually had some married friends send this to me as well. And with the caveat of saying, I'm so glad I'm not dating right now. (laughs) Who is this man that's causing such a splash? His name is Dr. Greg Matos. He's 39 years old, lives in LA, originally from Bristol, Rhode Island. I've never met someone from Bristol before and single and actively going on dates. He's an individual and couples therapist and the founder of A Better Love Project, a public media company that promotes healthy relationships and helps people love better from the start. And the article that he recently wrote in Psychology Today, is called The Rise of Lonely Single Men. That's been shared a gajillion times.
0: Yeah, when we (laughs) saw this, we were like, we need to get Greg on this podcast ASAP. So we're so glad that we were able to make it happen.
2: Yeah, it's an honor to be here. And as someone who has just only started a show, to be with two champions here at like season 15 is amazing. So thanks for having me.
1: <laughs> welcome, welcome. What does your shirt say? I just noticed there's words on it.
2: The hoodie, which any of your listeners can pick up, by the way, this is merch for a Better Love Project, says, love each other fiercely. I love that. And I Damn. get to walk the boardwalk here in Venice Beach with it on as it gets cooler here in LA in the mornings and the evenings.
1: I know. We're heading into winter season.
0: That is some good marketing. Caught our attention. Thank you.
1: <laughs> I like that it's two-way. Love each other Fiercely. Yes. And not just love fiercely, you know, holds each other accountable a little bit. It also creates that relational awareness. But back to the article, Greg. See, I'm just promoting everything that you're doing now. What made you write this article, The Rise of Lonely Single Men?
2: Yeah. I mean, two things. Primarily, the first being that I spent the last year building a Better Love Project, which is my 501c3 charity. And we're literally a TikTok charity. We're, we're at <laughs> a Better Love Project. We have over 40,000 followers there on TikTok and YouTube and elsewhere. Elsewhere. And I basically was spending a lot of time with women, which is not new for me. I grew up with a home with five older sisters and an amazing mom and dad as well. But I spent a lot of time listening to my audience, which I'm sure you do often because we care about our audience. We're actually invested in our audience well-being and our listeners well-being. And the women who I was speaking to were around my age. So we're talking, you know, 25 to 35. I'm a little older than that right now, but that's our demo <laughs> age range. And women, mostly women who are either single women who were in relationships where they're lacking emotional connection or folks who had like me been married, divorced, and who were dating again. So people at all the ranges of relationships you can be in were all telling me the same thing, which again is nothing new, which is why I'm surprising that it went viral. Because listen, ask any one of your audience members and I did not say anything surprising. All right. But (laughs) apparently it was shocking. And then apparently also it angered a lot of mostly single white men who were like harassing me and telling me I was all sorts of (laughs) other. Thanks. I hope for their sake that they actually read my article. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it's the people that you need to read it, of course. So are you seeing this, you know, mostly with hetero men or is it across the gamut?
2: Most of my audience members, I mean, this is really what it's at. And TikTok, like I said, hundreds of audience members who I've spoken to over the last year on TikTok, most of them in heterosexual relationships. We know that love, true love, fierce love, a healthy love has absolutely nothing to do with sexual orientation or gender expression or any of those things, those social constructs. But when it comes down to it, heterosexual men specifically, my brothers out there who I have a deep well of compassion for, are struggling in being able to dream with the people they're dating and the people that they're getting married to and and being able to satisfy them and themselves, even though they don't understand that yet, but satisfying themselves, be happier, healthier, and have a more emotionally rich existence if they just focus on a few life skills that I teach at a Better Love Project, by the way, for free.
1: <laughs> nice. Very kind of you. Now the reason why your article was shared so much in our community, but also just in so many other communities too, is the title. I actually feel like a lot of people didn't even read through the entire article before they hit the share button. That title is probably quite triggering for some people, like the men who've been harassing you. Can you put it in your own words for those people who did not read through the entire article before they shared what the article is about?
2: So I'm guessing that your audience members are out there looking for the love of their life. Maybe they believe that there are multiple loves that they could have. Who knows? That's what I believe, by the way. But whoever you are and whatever you're doing, married or not, if you look at the relationship landscape right now and you see what dating looks like right now, and I'm sure you know a lot more about it than I. I do. I'm almost certain of it after 15 seasons. (laughs) But if you look at the landscape, the one key thing that really got me going here and writing this article was the fact that if you look at online dating, if you look at dating apps specifically, most women that I have spoken to through TikTok and elsewhere are either fed up, overwhelmed, exhausted by the whole fucking thing. Mm -hmm. And the primary reason I think is that 62%, 64% of app users are men. Most folks on the apps, heterosexual, most seeking heterosexual relationships, not enough men that the women want, but many men who are seeking relationships. And if you don't know how to establish emotional connection via text message, for instance, which is a very soft skill, very key skill, then you're going to lose the game from the get-go. I mean, I didn't go into that detail, but bottom line, women in general, heterosexual women in general, I'll say this loud and clear, because this is the most important point, healthy relationship standards for the that group of human beings is rising and they're able to exist in a happy state of bliss, single, much longer than men, including me, can. <laughs> And what we know is that one of the things that most of these folks are looking for is a more emotionally rich, connected relationship with someone who can effectively communicate with them. And there's nothing new about what I'm saying, but right. I'm saying it.
0: Well, we definitely are going to dive into the more specifics, but I'm curious before we do that, like your own experience that you've observed all these people, like, is this something that you've struggled with and how to learn to overcome? Or do you feel like these skills have come naturally to you?
2: The skills- Skills. Okay, here we go. We're getting into it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> the one inclination I have as a psychologist is like never self-disclose, right? So I'm, I'm <laughs> getting over it there. with yeah. you right here on the Datable Podcast. It's history. Making it right now. <laughs> I mentioned to you before I grew up in a large family. It was a large Portuguese family, very traditional, very traditional gender roles, very traditional cultural norms around it, emotional expression and restrictions around it, all that stuff. Just normal shit that all of these guys who I'm trying to talk to out there. And also in my clinical practice, which luckily, you know, I have their ear and so they actually listen to me. But in general, to understand that this stuff doesn't actually come naturally, right? It's not something we're going to just fucking absorb from our organic existence in our cultures of origin. It's not going to happen. We have to learn it from somebody. And if we don't have examples of men like that in our existence, who are able to communicate with affection and intimacy and all these other things, how are we going to figure it out? come to therapy with me or someone like me anywhere in the world if you can access somebody so you can sit down and learn these skills. It doesn't take long. I'm not talking about fucking years of therapy. I'm talking about maybe eight sessions (laughs) to figure out some soft skills. So to answer your question, no, it doesn't come naturally. Believe me, ask my sisters. I might be more emotionally expressive than my sisters are. You have to ask them that question. But I learned this stuff in part because I became a psychologist and in Mm -hmm. order to do my work, I have to be able to do that. I have to be able to emotionally attune to my clients. And so they didn't also teach me that in the Marine Corps because I served four years in the Marine Corps and I served in combat and I did a lot of things. And they They don't teach you vulnerability in the Marine Corps, but I can tell you they do when you are becoming a psychologist in Boston. (laughs) I learned those skills becoming what I am today and what I do today and what my passion is today, which is just to help people love each other more fiercely.
1: Thank you for your service, because it's very much needed in today's world. We feel like we're headed into a love crisis or a love deficit where people may want to love, they want to feel the love, but they don't know how to love or how to even show that love. And something you said that brings up a lot for me is the fact that this culture, at least the US culture, the way we idolize people it's just so wrong we idolize in terms of hetero men mm. we put these men on a pedestal where like an elon musk or jeff bezos mm-hmm. where they don't give a shit about their families all they're doing is making money and maybe disrupting the industry and then for the women we idolize women who don't need no men who got their degrees who got their shit together their ceos their girl bosses or whatever they're like doing everything and those are the women we idolize and these two Characters that we're idolizing are opposing characters. Do we not see that? The men are not family people and the women don't need men. So you believe that the younger and middle aged men are the loneliest they've been in generations and you think it's going to get worse. Why do you think that is?
2: Yeah. I mean, listen, you you already laid it out. Thank you for laying that out so beautifully. (laughs) No, I mean, listen. There's an opportunity here. Let me speak to the opportunity and and try to answer your question at the same time. I don't know if I'll be good enough to do, but the opportunity here is Gen Z, okay? The millennials, are you all millennial? I'm a millennial, I'm an elder millennial.
0: We're all very well. Okay. Yes. (laughs) But listen,
2: everybody, millennials this, millennials that, we're basically saving the world right now. So everybody calm down, all right?
0: We've learned how bad it could be, right? And that's why we're saving the world.
2: (laughs) Yes. We are the bridge. We are the bridge. To something beautiful here. And I think it's Gen Z, to be honest with you, and everyone after Now, listen, I don't have a child yet, although I hope to be a good dad someday. But my oldest niece, who's 30, just had her first child in the UK and- I think about her, my great niece now. And I think like, what is the existence in this world that I'm going to leave her? And talk about role models. I don't look at any of those people you mentioned as a role model, FYI. I think about the highest virtue that I have, which is love. And what is Gen Z doing now that's maybe will fuck them up, but also could save the world. They're like less intimate, less connected, less Mm -hmm. in the college Mm -hmm. years. I've been talking about that in psychology days. And you mentioned this, there's an intimacy gap. There's all these things. But if we millennials and everyone after us, specifically Gen Z, can really get their act together with this emotional connection thing. I think the opportunity exists for us to actually achieve more intimacy, more connection, mm. and the kind of love that we all want to experience, which is a fierce, healthy love and a secure attachment with someone who adores us and like wants to champion our dreams. And we know that these relationships already exist. John and Julie Gottman have 50 years of scientific research to suggest the mastery. That long-term relationships work. I'm just hoping more of your audience members meet those people as they're dating.
0: So what's really fascinating, and I definitely want to go in more depth, but you kind of alluded to this, that the society, the way it's projecting certain archetypes. And I would argue that it's women too, like less and less emphasis on relationships and more about building own identity is what we've seen
2: portrayed.
0: I guess from your perspective, like why do you think this is detrimental and we really do need to prioritize love and love each other fiercely.
2: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't disagree with the statement you've just made. And I was recently doing a interview with a reporter in Sweden who was talking to me something around this, what you're talking about, which is like, what happens actually? We're not there, by the way. We're not fucking in there. We're
0: not there We're yet. We're not anywhere near there. <laughs> That's why we need hey, this convo now. Smart, this is why right? we need the convo now to get ahead it. Yeah, of <laughs> but
2: she was saying to me, well, what happens if you do experience some level of gender? quality in a romantic relationship on a date, et cetera, et cetera. Now, who is the one pursuing who's the whatever, right? We're not there yet.
0: Just more like, you know, why is love even important? Because our society is, you know, de-emphasizing it. And I I think it's not just men, it's women also.
2: So one of the reasons if you look at the data in terms of college age daters and you see the intimacy and the frequency of dating and sexual intimacy and all this stuff go down, one of the things that sociologists are pointing to, as you're mentioning, are these norms around prioritization of other values Mm -hmm. away from marriage, away from yada yada, more toward financial freedom and of course becoming you know queens i'm all about women being the best existing version of themselves because if men are the best versions of ourselves we can figure that shit out right has the pendulum swung too far is that what you're suggesting i don't think so i think the fucking pendulum needs to swing harder that there's an actual consistent shift in gender norms we're not there yet the fucking tipping point hasn't been in america I can tell you for sure. And if you look at the Middle East and other places, you definitely have fucking problems. Right.
1: Here's another way to think about this question too, but I'm curious what you think of this. We do have a lot of male listeners who've told us they've given up on dating. This is it. I'm in my late 30s or I'm in my 40s. It hasn't worked out for me. I'm just going to sit back and see what happens. If it doesn't happen for me, it doesn't happen for me. We've actually heard many women say this too, but in a much more combative tone. But the point of this is a lot of people are giving up on love and relationships thinking that maybe I shouldn't try as hard and I wouldn't have all these headaches that I have with modern dating. What is your response to that?
2: Dating and relationships comes down to the most important element of anything I've ever taught or spoken about when it comes to relationships, which is creating shared meaning. And creating shared meanings comes from a deep understanding, a deep understanding of our core values and what's most important to us. If love was one of those things growing up, if the idea of creating a home with someone else that was peaceful and caring and supportive. And if you want to exist in a world where your aspirations and dreams actually become reality, where you can be the queen or the king, or you can be the boss in whatever sense, then you want a fierce healthy love. Because a fierce healthy love is going to support those dreams becoming a reality and your ability to experience not only your own emotional, physical, spiritual version of this life in a different new way, but you're going to create something that cannot be created alone. So yes, of course you could do beautiful, wonderful things as a single human being. And I'm almost, I'm certain that the men who talked to you about this were not very happy about that. (laughs) I know I could speak just from myself right now. Anyone who's creating anything, anyone who's building anything, Mm -hmm. anyone who believes in legacy, not only in that they've inherited something amazing, both culturally and financially, maybe whatever, but that they want to carry on a tradition and and perpetuate a tradition, a new tradition that's worthy of legacy is going to want to not give up on love. And I hope they don't. Holy smokes. Ladies and gentlemen, do not give up on a healthy love.
0: I mean, I think you bring up such good points like of just what love could be and we, it's unfortunate because dating right now is not what you described. This harmonious, like, peaceful, happy place (laughs) of meeting. And I think that is part of the problem. And I think you brought up a good point, too, that women are becoming financially secure powerhouses Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that can do it alone. And that's why your article is seeing that men could get left in the dust if they don't step it up a notch. But I think ultimately, both men and women don't want that.
2: Nobody wants that.
0: No one wants it. Exactly. And it's like, I'm glad that you're kind of bringing to light. So I want to go through like some of the main parts of your article. And you know, you talk about there's a few key things that are contributing to these challenges. So dating apps are one of them, relationship standards and a skill deficit. So I guess to kick it off, maybe like, how do you think dating apps make it harder for men?
2: Yeah, just the numbers game, which I already mentioned. Uh, That numbers game is fierce, And I don't care where you might measure yourself on the attractiveness scale physically or the whole total profile, how well you think you've crafted those one-liners, those witty prompts, whatever it is, if you're on a Hinge or Bumble or anything else. Which, by the way, I recommend Hinge. I don't recommend Bumble if you're a single man. <laughs> and we could get into that too. I don't yeah, know. You might want to get into You want that.
0: to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's usually the opposite for. Is Bumble. that?
2: Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, the sugar. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, bottom line you have to craft something that's almost fucking just stellar. You could be the most attractive human being. Doesn't matter. The number game alone crushes the spirit of women. Okay. Unless you're in Bumble, maybe that's why you like Bumble, but it crushes, right? Because there's just so much coming through that you have to pull off an initial impression, just like any other time in world history. And to be able to pull off that first impression in an emotionally evocative way, Mm. which is the only fucking way you're going to stand out unless you're just super fucking hot. You have to be able to actually have the soft skills to be able to initiate a conversation like that. You know, an initial message or anything else, unless you're in Bumble, because then the woman initiates yeah. that.
0: We talked to Michael Kay, who's the head of communications at PR at OKCupid, and he was talking about what women want has dramatically changed. Used to be tall, dark, and handsome, they're financially secure. Like those were the big things that women were going after. And now it's emotional availability, communication skills. More of the soft skills that are different. I think that's actually a really good thing that we're evolving to what we're looking for Because you would argue that in the past, that was just setting us up for vastly unequal relationships and gendered situations. Do you think that's the root of it? That like men alone can't just rely on what they once did and they have to adapt to kind of the new standards? Is that what you're saying with the dating apps or is it a different thing?
2: Well, the new standards are all across the board. And I just want to take it out of the context of the gender piece even just to say mm-hmm. that if you... Would work with me in, in couples therapy i would be talking to you the same way regardless whatever your viewpoint but the bottom line is this you have to be able to pull off the soft skills and the soft skills may have been in some way shape or form gendered or whatever in the past but they can no longer be you need to be able to understand how in each moment of every day of your life your thoughts your emotional experience, and your actions all arise interdependently. You have to be mature enough and responsible enough to recognize that, to be open to potentially, if you need, to figure out those skills with a professional, a mental health professional, a coach, I don't care where you get it. You can go on TikTok at a better love project and learn everything you need to know about a healthy, fierce love for free. By the way, it's by charity. But the bottom line is you got to get the skills because the standards have changed. People are not going to settle for things anymore. We already see that. Mm -hmm. We see 50, 60, 70-year-olds divorcing their partners because they're not happy. Marriages, which for most people who are dating, monogamous marriages are still the goal, are going to get harder and harder and harder as we live longer and longer and longer. Mm -hmm. That means we need to have better matches from the start. Why the fuck would you choose someone who cannot emotionally connect with you? Why would you choose someone who cannot communicate effectively with you? Why would you choose somebody who does not respond effectively to your bids when you're texting each other before a first date? Mm -hmm. The standards have changed.
1: Oh my gosh. It's because we're living longer. I mean, it really is, like you said, because back in the day when the life expectancy was 50 years old, you get married, you pop out a few babies, and then you die. Like, it's pretty fast. You don't have to worry about your relationship or empty nesters. You just die before you have to work on your relationship. And now we see so many people after they become empty nesters having to work on the relationship and then going through divorce. And this is actually such a major Pattern in China right now, where the divorce rates are skyrocketing, especially since COVID, because the culture really did not see favorably divorce back then. But now, because people are living longer, it's just becoming more prevalent, and the government doesn't know what to do with it. They're like, "What the fuck is happening?" So that is actually really interesting that our life expectancy is feeding into our relationship standards, and that's also what's causing this loneliness because now we are taking our time. to find our partners and it's very confusing. And the third contributing factor to this is skills deficit. Tell us more about that.
2: I mean, this is exactly what, I think Julie maybe mentioned a little bit of this earlier, those communication skills or the soft skills mm-hmm. that we need in life. I mean, but listen, we're not talking about some like strange, rare things. I'm talking about when you get home at the end of the night, giving your wife a kiss and a hug maybe, or if she's coming home and when she gets home, you give her a hug and a kiss, that you seek understanding and emotionally validate your partner versus trying to persuade them of your perspective on something. Bringing up issues to one another with gentle startup like, I feel sad, I didn't get a hug this morning. Can you give me one now? Like if we just learn these Mm -hmm. simple formulaic ways, so maybe we've got a solution here for the government out in China. If you just figure (laughs) out these very core life skills for emotional connection and everybody learned them, life would be so different. I think, though, you know,
0: it's all kind of tying together. It's like we, our generation too, was a byproduct of divorce like our parents, you know, outside of China in the U.S. culture, divorce was the most prominent with our parents' generation. And I think like we saw that like what we've been told with relationships doesn't work and we're wanting better. And part of it's that we're living longer. Part of it's that women can support each other. Like it all plays together. I agree with you that I think this is a universal issue for men and women. It doesn't matter necessarily your gender. It's just can you adapt and learn the right skills. And again, not every woman has these skills either, but we do know that women read more self-help books. We do know that women listen to more self-improvement podcasts, more relationship podcasts. If you're the guy listening to this right now, you are ahead of the game. And yes, you are, pro- Z, brother. you know, and mm-hmm. like, that's the thing is though, but I totally agree is like the more I even did this podcast, I feel like my relational skills and my EQ, I think people really value EQ over IQ at this point. Not that they don't value IQ either, but like EQ is something we hear over and over again as a top trait that people desire in a partner. And I think what I'm gathering from you is that like men are not socialized this way. So it's a lot of catch up that needs to happen. A lot of taking ownership. Like how do men start to do this work essentially?
2: And I'm going to take this out of the context of men for a second because my answer is going to get to that but there's a lot of conversation in my audience about narcissism, narcissists et cetera, Mm -hmm. et cetera. All right. And I don't know. You may have like done a million episodes on narcissists at this point. I don't know. People love throwing that word around. (laughs) We hear
0: people people, but I would say that's like challenges the EQ of women in that case to just throw ooh, that out
2: each Ooh, <laughs> Oh, I like that. Okay. All
0: right. All right. Uh, <laughs> go so viral it- for that saying. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I push back on this all the time on my show because I say, hey, listen, people who have, who are narcissistic personality disorders, very small group of people, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're mo- mostly men. We understand that, but very small group of people. Now, is it the case, and I talked to my audience about this, is it just the case that we have lost connection with skills or maybe never learned them to be able to validate emotions in the first place. Mm. And that's the more likely thing.
0: Mm. I see what you're saying. So it's not like necessarily intentional, it's just lack of skill.
2: And so at the end of the day, the only way that this is going to get resolved is action. And I don't know what the solution is because I started this nonprofit a year and a half ago with the intention of talking to couples and unfor- you know, ends up being 97% of my audience is women to your point. So I'm not reaching men unless they're angry at me. Right. So I don't know what the solution is.
0: (laughs) That's why you're here today. Because we have bed. We have (laughs) bed here. Yes. (laughs) Maybe
1: it is good to reach out to the ones who are angry because they maybe they are ready for a change or they are listening at least but the kind of a gendered statement here is we do have women telling us, I'm just so ahead of the game when it comes to self-awareness and personal development that I find men not really closing the gap who are in my age range. So how do I find the right guys for me who are emotionally equipped to be with me? And so what I'm hearing you say is it's maybe you know for anybody in this position should rethink that statement. And it's less about the skill that someone has, but more about are they willing to learn? And do they have the necessary passion to learn?
2: Yeah. And I think it takes a stance of non-defensiveness. That is the most important thing in any of this. The antidote, in my view, to this sort of narcissism, I'm going to say that in the broader sense, is the antidote to defensiveness. And the antidote to defensiveness is taking ownership for just maybe a little piece Mm -hmm. of whatever it is that we're hearing, whoever it is that's saying something to us about our place in the context of the issue, whatever that is. Even if we don't agree, we don't even need to, to not get defensive. Always say, oh, maybe I did that. Tell me more. (laughs) Uh, Wait, maybe I can grow. Tell me more. Right. Oh, maybe there's something I can learn. Maybe I can improve. Maybe I can be a better leader. Maybe I can be a better coach. Maybe I can be a better business, whatever, with all of the social skills I'm going to learn on how to love my partner more effectively.
0: So I think some of it though, too, I was just thinking like, you know, to get to therapy, usually something needs to happen. A lot of times Mm -hmm. there needs to be Mm -hmm. the big breakup or, you know, some other challenge. Maybe it's not even related to love, but just in your personal life that got Mm -hmm. you there. Maybe the challenge in itself is just that dating isn't going my way. Yeah. But I think what, What's hard is that women have been socialized for so long that, like, love is the ultimate
2: achievement. Getting married. I've been socialized that way too. I'm there with you. But I know I get you. I I, I don't know. Do you think men truly don't want that fierce, amazing, passionate, sexy, fiery fucking love that we're talking about?
0: Absolutely, they want it. But I think. This is where I think there might be the disconnect because of the way we've been socialized
2: Okay. is that yeah.
0: like when it doesn't happen, you're just like, oh, I'll just ignore it and focus on the stuff I've been socialized that, mm-hmm. you know, equates to success. For women, though, that's like, oh, my God, I need to seek out help. I need to listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. I need to oh, get the self-help this... book. It's more of like a fire drill that's happening yeah. where men, it might just be like, I'm just going to brush it to the side. And, you know, maybe I haven't been on a date. In six months. Focus on my career. Right, exactly. But like the problem though with that is that there's less eligible men in the pool. Those men still aren't happy, right? If ultimately deep down, Mm -hmm. you're right. I do think this is what they desire because who doesn't want a meaningful connection that is gonna propel you in life. But I I just don't know if it's always as self-aware, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, if they knew that if they wait too long, they're gonna fuck themselves up I think they would take action quicker. What do I mean by that? The longer people stay out of the dating pool avoidance starts to creep up, anxiety, well, and mm-hmm. prioritization then shifts to other things because now I don't even want to be anxious. I don't even want to be uncomfortable. Right. I don't want to face rejection. I don't want to face all those things. Nice. So time is of the essence, ladies and gentlemen. Don't let another day pass by with these women on dating apps without good choices. Go get some new skills. Use them on Hinge.
0: I mean, that's a big thing. Biological clock for women. There's not that pressure for men
2: too. There's a pressure for me. I'm looking at the situation. I'm saying, okay, I'm 39. I'm going to turn Forty. What is it that I want in my life? I told you early I was divorced. You know, I was married. Mm-hmm. I had a fierce love, by the way. That was amazing. It was very meaningful. What do I want in my life? The biological clock is with us as well. We just don't fucking talk about it the same right, way.
0: Right. Right. Maybe that's it. And yeah. We
2: just gotta start reshaping the conversation entirely. I don't know entirely how to do it, but I'm looking for someone who is of a certain age because I want the most amount of time loving on her and my children. That's the actual thought that goes through my mind.
0: So, here's another generalization that I also think is somewhat true is that women, you know, prioritize friendship more for the most part, not all women. In romantic relationships or general? No, generally? no, no. Just in general, just like connection with other people is always at the forefront. Like, They're so I, much
2: more advanced in that regard, <laughs> may I say? And I feel like you, there's. You so are, are more advanced. <laughs> <than everybody. laughs>
0: like, there's an SNL skit of like all these women bringing their boyfriends to the dog park, to like the man park, to basically like meet another Social. guy. And I see it with like my boyfriend, my friend's (laughs) boyfriends, like everyone. It's like, I, I think there's, it's not everyone, but it is, there is a little bit of different emphasis. And I think part of it is we have an outlet. Like we have the people to talk about this stuff with. Like how do men start to one, either have those deeper combos if they do have that friend group, or how do they start to find people that they can talk to about this type of stuff?
2: Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a diversity of experience and your exposure to a diverse group of people. If you're hanging out in LA and you're, you know, going to yoga with me or something, and we strike up a conversation after class, we're going to have some kind of, you know, right. It's depends on who is around you. And so if you're in a friend group who don't prioritize that, and it's just about functional things, it's not about emotional depth or vulnerability or like, oh fuck, I'm sad. Can you hang out? Let's go watch a movie together. Guy friend. Now, I I can tell you, I I have one sincere friend that I've had since seventh grade, and he's a guy friend. And I can tell you, there is nothing more rewarding than having a friendship with another man, but it comes with great difficulty. I can tell you that for elder millennials and probably still- And it's not, even that it's not a priority, it's just, we're still, this is our disadvantage brothers. If you're listening to this right now, this is our disadvantage that we need to take action to make up for the disadvantage that we don't have these priorities. because what happens is we then rely too heavily on our spouses or our partners or whatever for all that emotional goodness. But if you can also get that intimacy and closeness from other guys, it'd be great. How are they going to do it? How are they even going to know? How are they even going to know they're missing out on it? Unless they're listening to your podcast right now. I hope everyone is listening to your podcast
1: He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. Wait, what? There's feedback that will make you cringe.
0: She could be a little bit hard-headed, like
2: not reading the writing on the wall.
1: And feedback that will make you
0: swoon. When she said that she had feelings for you.
1: (laughs) I had no idea. Really? (laughs) And maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, New is going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview.
0: Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: I feel like we could talk about this for another 10 hours about how there are these roles in dating that are so deeply ingrained in dating culture that it makes it hard for people to break out of the mold. The tropes that I speak of are the guy who's non-committal because he wants to be a yeah. bachelor for life, the girl that asks for a commitment after three dates because her biological clock is ticking, the nice guy that never gets any girls because there are these fuckboys who are getting all the girls for them. It's these tropes that makes it really hard for men to break out of the shell and say, I actually am not that or actually she's not that I hear guy friends talking like this all the time. In fact, my partner and his friends talk like this all the time. Oh, she's just another one of those approaching 40s. And you know, her biological clock is ticking. I'm like, actually, no, your friend is the douchebag who's leading (laughs) her on to make her think that she is in a relationship, right? So I think it's almost the responsibility is on us, whether you're dating or not, to really call out these stereotypes Mm -hmm. that are so ingrained in us and say, no, that's not the role that he or she is falling into. In fact, here's a better way of looking at the situation. I hope we can all do that for our friends.
0: I hope we could give people confidence too that, like, these are the skills or the traits that women actually want. Because I think, you know, sometimes men feel like, oh, it's these, you know, the stereotypical stuff still. Yeah. And it's not like the vulnerability. It's not the EQ and all that stuff. But we've also heard before, like Connor Beaton, we've had him on our podcast. He does a lot of men's work. And he's made comments through his kind of research of like women say they want the vulnerable guy, but then if they cry, they get turned off. Like Mm -hmm. how do we start to kind of show men it's okay to be this way too?
2: Yeah, I think we should start from a place understanding that we're all confused. And that's a place of vulnerability, (laughs) by By the way, which is a beautiful place for emotional connection to begin. It's Mm -hmm. to say, we're all confused. We want, and if you just think about the gender thing, right? We want this. We want freedom, independence. We want choice. We want. Emotional connection we want. And we may want something different in different contexts. So let me use the sex as a, I'm a sex therapist in LA. We may want our partners to show up in a particular way if we're making a big decision about how we're going to spend the weekend or whatever, summer, but in a bedroom or whatever, and sexually, we may want our partner to dominate us. Mm -hmm. So that could be confusing for a man, for instance. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) But it's not about, The man's confused. It's we're all reshaping the norms and the rules so that we can have the kind of love that we want, not somebody else. Mm -hmm. And if we're communicating what we want from our partner, that's the only thing that matters, really. You know I mean? I hope that that's the kind of love that I talk about because that's the kind of love I believe in.
0: I have hope. I have hope. I feel like we're at an inflection point, too, that the fact that you're stirring shit up for people is a good thing. Like, I think there is something and I've, I agree I've heard a lot of straight white men be like this is bullshit like all that but mm-hmm. of course all the women were posting this in of our course. Facebook group being like this guy figured it out you know like it's but I agree with you I think that it can't just be that we're saying okay men you don't have the skills like that's not really gonna get us to where we want either no. it's this place of understanding that I love this that we're all fucking confused like that is the best way to put it and you know we might not have all the answers today but like we're on this journey to figure it out like how can women support men instead of just because what we see in our facebook group is oh they did this i'm out yep. like it's just yeah there's no conversation there's no benefit of the doubt and i get it because we've been burned before we don't want to fall for the fuck boy we don't want to fall for the non-committal guy like all the tropes that ua was talking about earlier like how do we balance all this and help people out in dating?
2: Well, first of all, I think it's like up to each of us to show up as our best self in dating, right? So no one is responsible. Like the women aren't responsible necessarily. And you're not saying this, but let me just make it clear that I think this, women are not (laughs) responsible to teach men's social skills. And so how they could be supportive is just, I think I understand what you're talking about in terms of uh, this guy's out. You know what I mean? Like maybe there's a little bit of a hiccup in terms of responding to something as sad or maybe not getting back Mm -hmm. in time or something. And that relationship is then foreclosed on too soon. That definitely could happen if there's a history of insecure attachments, if there's a history of abusive relationships, all those things. And it would make... Total sense that you would feel that way. My hope, my friends, is that you don't have to do anything. You just (laughs) have to show up as yourself and keep looking for those people that are as close to the match as you want to get. Now, if you listen to Indian Matchmaker on Netflix, she says something like 60%. I would say 80%, you know what I mean? But that's because I'm hopeful, Mm -hmm. ladies and gentlemen, that I am going to find the person of my dreams. And I'm going to create someone with them. And I'm hopeful about that because I've got 50 years of research that I'm looking at mm-hmm. that suggests that there's amazing people. One couple, by the way, John and Julie Gauman, who just celebrated, I think, the 35th wedding anniversary. That's John's third wife, by the way. So mm-hmm. John's, Is John really? I
1: never thought Yeah, John got
2: it right the third time. No way. <laughs> and he created a legacy of love with her. Wow. So that's hopeful for all of your listeners, hopefully.
0: I mean, there's definitely trends, you know, like there's a trend that sounds so horrible of like raising your boyfriends that women feel like (laughs) instead of raising children, they have to- I think I just twitched. Did you see that? I know. And I 100% (laughs) am not telling anyone they should ever do that. Like, I think that might be the worst thing you could do. What I'm hearing from you though, Greg, is instead of focusing like how to support, like how do you become the emotionally available communicative, all the things and make this less. Gendered, and then let the people that are there like you'll start to be attracted to them and i i think like for me my partner, I felt that way. As soon as I met him, I'm like, okay, I see it because I know what I'm looking for at this point. And I also let other qualities go. You know, like qualities I thought were really important because the reality is people aren't going to meet everything. Like, you know, the stuff that doesn't matter ultimately. Like, they're in the right social circle or they dress this way. Like, things that ultimately don't matter. So I do feel like, yes, we can give people more of the benefit of the doubt, but we also can maybe more just focus on becoming the person we want to date. And then... You know, letting
2: those people come up. Well, because we are the trendsetters and women, ladies and gentlemen, if we fucking don't have a clue here, women everywhere in Iran and everywhere else are gonna accept only what they're gonna accept. And the choice is very simple in my mind because I love women and as an individual man, I hope to be in a relationship with a woman one day. (laughs) That I would love to just show up as myself, as the fierce fucking person I am, and my partner to show up as the fierce person she is. And then for us just to champion each other, right? Because now you're setting the trend yourself with the culture and the norms that you define Mm. in your own home. Mm -hmm. When we start thinking about that and what we have control over, You're going to be in a good position, less stressful that way.
1: Yeah. And it makes it a lot easier than teaching or raising. (laughs) If you're teaching or raising, (laughs) it absolutely builds resentment. And then the person you're raising will become dependent on you for new skills, new knowledge, new learnings. So yes, we can only control our own culture and be the person we want to be and attract the people in our lives. Let's address the elephant in the room before we leave this conversation. (laughs) Okay the lonely single men out there. They read your article. They're listening to this episode. They're thinking, yep, Greg, you see me. I'm in the spot. Now what? How do I get out of this hell that I feel like I'm in?
2: To be lonely is no joke. It's a deeply sad place to be, hopefully a transient thing like most emotional and mood periods. And the most important thing to recognize is do not start to identify with a label that I've been hearing, which suggests you will always be single and celibate, which I think I just heard this incel. I heard this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't identify with some restrictive label that will lead you to a place of more loneliness, more sadness, more disconnection. In this world, we need a connection. We especially men need each other. We need to be connected to each other in beautiful fucking ways and we need to build community. The way to do that is to seek out people who are maybe in a different situation than you are. Is there somebody in your community? Is there somebody in your school? Is there a classmate? Is there somebody who maybe they do okay? Why not introduce yourself to that person? Why not become friends? Why not maybe learn some of those skills just by hanging out with the person, like how to talk about stuff and when things are, and why not hang out with that person and tell them that you're fucking feeling sad? That is how growth is going to happen is when you recognize, holy oh shit, I'm a human being confused, like Dr. Greg and everyone else. <laughs> mm-hmm. How can I grow? What's available to me? And there's always an option for growth. I don't care where you are. There's always an option for growth, especially now with TikTok. You can visit me at a Better Love Project. <laughs> I
1: don't know if TikTok in general is growth, but you definitely, definitely consuming. Yours, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been such a good conversation. I mean, I have so many takeaways. I think the biggest one is what we said earlier, is that it's okay that we're just confused we're fucking confused, we're trying to figure it out. Not to say that like having grace for others means that you should lower your standards, but just realize that we're all trying our best here. And instead of like call people in again, you know, like you need to do what works for you. But ultimately, that just saying like this person isn't doing this or that, that's not really getting to the core of what we want either. If we want a loving, fulfilling relationship. We had this episode on our podcast called The Lowest Common Denominator, (laughs) where the guest talked about how she basically succumbed to the lowest common denominator on dating apps of doing the bare minimum pretty much because people ghosted her, she ghosted them. Or people answered in one word answers, she did the same back to them. So basically like, I'm going to drop to the worst, where I think what this conversation is doing is actually helping us rise to the best. The fact that we saw our past generations, their relationships not being fulfilling, and we have a sense of what we're looking for, like that should be a good sign. The fact that your article ruffled some feathers actually means that we're holding people to higher standards, like you said, an opportunity for us to grow, and I hope rise to the top. So that's kind of the, I think, ultimately, what we're getting out of this hopefully is a better dating environment. But we also need to be that person too. We can't just call people out for not doing it or not knowing. And I think we also need to reshape the priority of love in our lives. Like we talked about earlier how it's socialized and it can be really hard if you have no good examples of love. Like I even know for myself, like my relationship now, it's beyond what I ever even thought was possible because it wasn't the relationships I had when I was dating. And it's so easy easy to be like, dating is so painful, like why even prioritize this? But how do you start to imagine the relationship you want? And instead of succumbing to the lowest common denominator and doing the stuff that's just like going with dating culture, like pave your own path and like hold that standard. Because I think that's ultimately the fire that we need to like seek help and get that growth.
2: There's an amazing quote by Grace Lee Boggs who said, we are the leaders we've been waiting for.
0: Yeah. Mm. And
2: I think that's the case in our relationships. We are the yes. ones we've been waiting for to set the new trend mm-hmm. for the kind of emotional connection that we need. And if we do it now, ladies, we can figure it out. Fifty hundred years it'll all be worked out.
0: yeah and i think this message is for both i think women have at their advantage that we've been socialized this way that we have the support system so i think we're a little ahead absolutely but i do think everyone can become more emotional like have a higher eq and better communication like this is across the board no
2: reason not to there's absolutely no reason
0: if nothing else will just set you apart from other people you could play there's no matches here you go right
1: Here's the thing, though, even after reading your article, I would say something that really jumped out at me. My big takeaway is that this is a humanity issue and not just a single man issue. And for so long, I feel like we look at these issues in silo for that specific group. Oh, women should work on that. Oh, men should work on that. The gay community should work on that. Black people should work on that. We're finally getting to a stage where we see, okay, we all need to do better for this group. So after reading this article and after This conversation it makes sense that yes, there exists more lonely single men out there. We as a society, as a community need to be better for them. We need to help each other and not just let them figure it out on their own. And this plays so much into dating because I know so many people out there are like, well, men need to get their shit together. I've said that many times. Men should get their (laughs) shit together. It's not my problem. I'm not here to teach them, not here to be their mom. It isn't our problem in terms of teaching, but it is our responsibility to also support and show empathy and really be there for each other. So that's kind of like my major takeaway from this is we all need to be part of the solution here. And the other takeaway that I have is we got to surround ourselves with the right people. If yeah. we keep surrounding ourselves who play into these stereotypes, these dating tropes, bad dating behavior, that's all we're going to see as a norm even if we don't feel like we don't belong there. But if we can surround ourselves with people that we, like you said, have a situation or feel like they have some stuff figured out, nobody has their all their shit figured out, but has some of their shit figured out, let's put ourselves in their orbit and really yeah. let that just be part of us instead of us trying to seek that knowledge. Go
0: to yoga with Greg. He's there <laughs> to <laughs> give Greg. you enlightened <laughs> words. But there were so many times that we'd be like, this is a stereotype men." And you're like, I'm not that way, which means that a lot of people aren't. But the way that our society perceives it is a certain way. So I think for women, again, like you said, Yue, like it's not directly affecting us, but it is. If that's who you're trying to date, then it is affecting. So it's like maybe the takeaway for women is how do you start to unlearn some of these tropes and look at the person as a human being?
1: And stop fantasizing about the commune you're going to build with all your girlfriends, which is what I've said (laughs) at least five times. In the last month. I'm like oh my we don't God, need yes. men. They're becoming obsolete. I'm just gonna be in a commune <laughs> with all my girlfriends. Which sure that's could happen, that's but that's what you truly yeah, want. Sure. But that's not but what I truly no. want. I do I do still want love with a man. <laughs> so good to
0: know. Good to know. My
2: face hurts because I'm smiling so much.
0: <laughs> well, we did say that we plug Greg too, to see if there's any listeners that have resonated. Greg yes, is single in Doctor LA. In is
1: single and ready to mingle. He likes to go to yoga. He likes to talk about love and feelings. He has really cute sweatshirts that he can share.
0: How are you still single, Greg? I don't get it. I don't get it.
1: Putting our feelers out there to all of our listeners who are in the LA vicinity.
2: Cheers. May the universe conspire in my favor.
1: And I guess for non-romantic reasons, how can people find you? (laughs)
2: <laughs> more, maybe perhaps more importantly. Yeah, I, w- I would love folks to come just hang out with us at a better love project on TikTok or Instagram or YouTube and just learn some soft skills, figure out how to ask for things gently and, and some dating stuff. We do some dating stuff there too, but you've got all your needs on the dating front covered if you're listening to this podcast right now.
0: We need to follow you on TikTok because I feel like my brain just goes to mush on TikTok. So I feel like this yeah. is the this is like the good side of TikTok. <laughs> yeah, we actually need some you. knowledge. <laughs> Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Greg. We're so glad that we had you and we went deeper than the article. This has been such a good conversation. I know, hopefully, inspiring, not scary for anyone that's feeling this way as a single man. And then, hopefully also uplifting and empathy based for anyone that's trying to date.
1: Wonderful. We will also want to thank our listeners for listening and supporting us. Definitely check out Greg's content while you're looking at our content or listening to our content. You can find us on YouTube. Now it's dateable podcast where you can find us, you know, on all the social media handles are all dateable podcast. More importantly, if you want to love each other more fiercely, give us a rating and review and apple podcast that is loving us fiercely and we will five love stars. you back
0: <laughs> fiercely. put it out to the universe five stars
1: yeah it's a five f fierce f yeah. you know they're both f's our favorite two favorite f words There's other things
0: <laughs> other f words out there but we'll stop now <laughs> and then we
1: will end the episode here on that very high note wrapping up this episode Stay datable. The datable podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media/podcasts. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Podcasts. Tag us in any post with the hashtag #StayDatable, and trust us—we look at all of those posts. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable.